3: And a good summer Thursday morning, Eagles fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. That'd be John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We'll be hanging with you for the next couple hours. And got two good guests coming your way. Two Eagles-specific guys and John Stonis from Bleeding Green Nation and my buddy and pal Glenn Macnow from uh, the Eagles Radio Network and uh, WIP. Uh, so should be a good one. Stick around uh, for the next two Uh, Got a couple of issues to sink our teeth into, as many national ones as local ones, because the Eagles right now are on vacation. Other teams are getting some mini-camp action in. The Eagles said, mini mini camp, mini-camp, we don't need this stuff. Uh, So they're all on vacay this week. Uh, And, John, you and I have noted over the last, shoot, month and a half, how long ago did the Eagles quarterback sign his new contract? When exactly did... (laughs) he put pen to paper and Boy, that's, uh, that's a
4: here. good question, man. Uh, you're, you're starting too early. It's too early in the morning. It's too early Maybe to
3: make you, know. you think. Sorry about that. It's, and shame uh, on me. I'm asking you a question. I should know the answer to, too. And I don't off the top of my head. Well, but it,
4: it, it runs quickly. I'm looking it up real quick. Uh, that, uh, April, April,
3: seven, April 17th. Uh, okay. So, uh, not even, uh, a month ago he, he signed the deal.
4: Um, and it is
3: amazing after we talked about how it uh, helps the Eagles and gets it over and done with and Nobody has to worry about it. And early on in the contract, it's very team-friendly. And all those aspects of the contract that have a media effect on it. Um, and then we just kind of put Jalen Hurts to bed that uh, he is the guy who is the leader, who is the guy who's going to take them as far as they're going to go. And he's gone in 12 months' time from – don't know if he's good enough. Will the Eagles actually be looking to draft a quarterback? Uh, did they? How How did they pursue uh, other quarterbacks during this offseason? Because Jalen Hurts' rookie year was good, <laughs> solid, promising, but not awe-inspiring. And that's why conversations were had around Russell Wilson and conversations were had around Deshaun Watson. A year's time later, it's like, uh, Jalen signed. We're good. Quarterback. Don't worry about that. Let's talk about everything else. That's the way it played out. And it's because of Jalen Hurts, because he had as great a year as he did. Um, despite that, I do want to ask Jalen Hurts a Hertz couple questions to start the show today. Yes, we should start talk about the quarterback of the Eagles heading into a season. Should we not? Um, the Philly Voice uh, put up a uh, post today using one of the gambling outs that everybody has their own that they use. Hey, feel free to use Oceans if you want to get your Eagles action in. But the over-under numbers have been put out for Jalen Hurts' production this year as quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. And as you can probably expect, they're very similar to the numbers that Jalen Hurts put up last year when he was the runner-up for MVP in the National Football League. So I'm going to run them past you, Johnny Mack, in four categories, over-unders for Jalen Hurts in this upcoming season. Passing yards, 3,700 and a half. You always got to go to the half because you don't want Uh -uh. size. When your numbers are that big, Uh you can just move it a half a yard and not even think about it, just so you guarantee yourself there are no times. Last year, Jalen Hurts threw for 3,700 yards, So, this year, his number is 3,700 and a half. So, basically, it comes down to will Jalen Hurts throw for more yards or less yards than he did last year. Now, remember, he missed two games. This year, he might not miss any games. This year, he could miss four games. You never know. That's why these numbers are are fun and tricky. 3,700 yards for Jalen Hurts passing this year, Johnny Mack. Over-under.
4: I Think he went over last year because I think it was at 37 and one 3701. But uh, he uh,
3: if, if he reproduces the 3701, you're a winner if you take the yeah. I, I mean, yeah,
4: I'll state this right off the bat people should know, and you kind of alluded to it there. What these bets are really about is somebody staying healthy. So I'm assuming he's going to stay healthy. And if he stays healthy, he's going to go over that number. Um, I do think even though, you know, I'm in the camp that he's not going to dump the football off to the backs a lot. Everybody keeps talking about that. We, we know Nick Sirianni's quote. We're not, we're not paying him more to do less. I, I believe that. I believe that from an Eagle standpoint, but I do think they, you know, they, they want him in to, to get rid of the football a little bit quicker. You know, if you're looking for small areas where he can get better, uh, that's one of them, making quicker decisions. Um, and I think that comes with experience, and I think that comes uh, with incremental improvement. And I think he will be better. And if he's healthy, and you mentioned he missed two games last year, you know he's going to go over, no doubt, if he plays uh, uh, every single regular season game. Um, I don't even worry about that number, but uh, I do think from a just from a, a, a thought process and a, and a and a planning standpoint, they they want the the passing yardage to go up a little bit, and they want the rushing yardage to go down a little bit.
3: All right, next over under number. And these kind of run against each other. Touchdown passes. We'll get to touchdown rushes in just a second. But touchdown passes. Last year, Jalen Hurts threw for 22 touchdowns. The over-under number is 22 and a half. So they set it right at the uh, yardage (laughs) was one yard below what he threw last year. This year, a half a yard above what he threw, uh, a half a touchdown above what he threw last year. 22 and a half touchdown passes over under for Hertz.
4: Yeah. I'm going to go over for the same reason. You know, one of, one of my, I wouldn't call it a concern, but, but I, I hope um, and I go back to Donovan McNabb. We all know uh, Donovan McNabb early in his career. You know, he, he heard the criticism a little bit too much. Um, And, you know, and he changed his philosophy as a player uh, to try to prove critics wrong. I hope Jalen Hurts and and from all indications, um, he doesn't let that stuff bother him. But you you've heard the people say you only got two, 22 touchdown passes last year. That was a big you know a uh, 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 a big talking point of, of what critics were left and, and banging their heads against the wall. Bottom line is he produced touchdowns, you know, and I don't care how you get them, he exactly. produce touchdowns. Um, so I hope he, he's not trying to prove people wrong and he wants to get to 35 and, you know, say, I can do this. And I don't think he's going to be that. But, um, yeah, I, I think for the same reason, I think it's going to go up. Not a ton, but uh, I think it's going to go up a little bit from 22.
3: That would be the 3,700 yards. Um, I think it's a very good number. I'm not sure that it's going to go up, I'm not sure if it's going to go down. You are balancing injuries, and nobody knows that without a crystal ball. Yeah, this one I feel more strongly about. I think he's going to throw more touchdown passes. Um, I think that uh, w- w- with the amount of receivers that they have, and yeah. Uh, You have been harping on this uh, since people started to overemphasize, ooh, the passing out of the backfield is going to get better for the Eagles. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to get better much. Do I think it's going to get better? Yeah, because I think DeAndre Swift is better at doing it than anybody Eagles had last year sorry Kenny Gainwell they still have Gainwell but they've got Swift as well I think you'll get a couple of touchdown passes the to throws out of the back uh, out of the backfield didn't have that last year I, I think that's going to be up can he get up to Carson Wentz's and that just sounds wrong Carson Wentz's Eagles most touchdowns in the season record into the 30s get the 34 you know I take the under on that one but I'm going to definitely take over 22 and a half touchdown passes all right Uh, Part of the problem is because uh, he doesn't get touchdown pass, he gets touchdown runs, which you and I both agree, don't care. Doesn't matter to me as long as you're getting in the end zone. Doesn't matter when you throw it at somebody else and take it in on your own. That's a touchdown. Touchdowns are all that matters. Last year, he rushed for 13, which is a lot. Easily the most by any quarterback in the National Football League. The over-under this year is 11 and a half. So not as many as last year, but only one less if you want to cash on the over at 12, (sighs) over under 11 and a half rushing touchdowns. Jalen loves taking it in. The tush push is still in play this year, Johnny Mack, from the two-yard line, not just get firsts, sometimes get touchdowns. How many touchdowns for Jalen Hurts this year?
4: Yeah, I'm going to go under. I mean, 13's a big number, and they're, they're smart to knock it down off of that. Um, so, uh, just the natural regression, sort of like 70 sacks, same type of thing. Um, you know, I always talk about the NFL being a copycat league. It is a copycat league, but it's a slow moving copycat league. So now you also have all defensive coordinators around the league, watching film, watching tape, trying to come up with ways to stop certain things. I don't think the tush push matters when they're at the one they're going to score and it's going to be the quarterback. I think it's the other stuff that's going to go down, you know, the eight, seven yard runs, things like that. Um, um, just that's more of a um, uh, a regression to the mean bet. If if you force me to make this bet and I'm not going to get suspended by Roger Goodell, uh, <laughs> but if you were forcing me to make the bet, I, 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 I would lean on, regression to the mean with that number that's just such a big number and you know he got 10 the year before though um so he's right in that area um he's gonna have a lot um but you know push comes to shove I'm gonna go under
3: as would I so you and I are almost on the same page of as as all these some for slightly different reasons but uh we agree with the the play one way or the other last Jalen hurts over under. Last year, he rushed for 760 yards. Um, Nick Gianni can say all that he wants about, I'm not going to ask him to do less, but the Eagles are actually very invested (laughs) in Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts seriously breaks his leg, the Philadelphia Eagles are seriously screwed. If his career is threatened by an injury this year, they're in deep doo-doo, not just because Marcus Mariota has to come to the rescue off the bench, but if his uh, game needs to drastically change because of this injury, it's going to have years of ramifications on the Eagles. So that's always going to be in the back of everybody's mind. Might not be in the back of Jalen's mind because Jalen Jalen Hurts plays football the way he plays football. But the designated running calls Sirianni and Brian Johnson might be uh, preparing for a game plan during the week and go, "Hey man, we got nine Jalen designated run plays in there." We're, we got to get that down to five. We, we can't be putting him at risk nine times. So I do think that that number is going to come down. They've already done that by setting the Jalen Hurts rushing yards at 700 after he rushed for 760 last year. So they're, they're they're acknowledging chances are he's going to be less than last season. If they drop it down to 700,
4: that enough to
3: entice you to go well. Uh, yeah,
4: they just did. I was about to say under. I, I assume they'd be at seven fifty or so. I was gonna go under seven hundred, that's too far. He can't help himself, man. He's gonna go. He's gonna go. And a lot of it has to do with the effectiveness of the running backs as well. There's a lot of uncertainty there. I think most of us, uh, uh certainly me included, um, think it's gonna be behind, but you still have to see how it shakes out. Um you know a lot of uncertainty at, at the running back position you don't have a 1269 yard rusher remember and jody he he got whatever it was last year 760 with the 1269 yard rusher um so the 700 that's that's too little for me that's that's too low um, and
3: it's so tough to analyze Jalen's rushes uh, because he averaged 4.6 yards per carry But a whole bunch of those were one and two yards at a time on the sneaks, which draws the average per carry down. He also has a ton of double-digit runs. I'm going to suggest that it actually drops below 700. This is the first one you and I disagree on. I think it'll be in the 600, somewhere thereabouts. Again, this is all presuming health that he plays all 17 or at least 16. If Jalen Hurts plays 12, we're going under, 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 across the board, and nobody can know that. That's why the bet is out there. That's why it's fun. And I'm going to – even leaning on maybe he misses one game or parts of two games, Uh, I do not think he's going to get 700 yards. And they did a good – they made it debatable by moving it down to 760. But despite – well, Johnny and I had more overs than unders – yeah, the Eagles are still in very good shape, and the favorites to win the yeah. NFC. And Jalen Hurts will be in the MVP mix again this season if he's close to any of these numbers. All right, McMone and McDonald here with you on Bird Sixty Five. I see we have in our waiting room our first guest. He likes Thursdays. He's good on Thursdays. He gets up early for us on Thursdays. Johnny Stolness from Bleeding Green Nation going to join us next here on Bird Three Sixty Five.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch six ABC twenty four seven with the six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
0: For the big story on Action News, search six ABC
1: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes
3: The Jacob BB YouTube channel. You got Mac a Mac here on Birds 365. We got John Stolness with us from Bleeding Green Nation and his Eye on the Enemy Eagles podcast. John, how are you getting through this without this Eagles? Well, we know you're watching the Phillies, but we know football's <laughs> in your heart as yep. well. How are you getting through this summer before the Eagles get back to camp?
2: Yeah, it it is. It's luckily I have a, a second sport to to fall back on, but really it's just it's a lot of dreaming right now because I, you know, you look at this Eagles team, and you think to yourself, "This is this has got a chance to be another special season." It's a harder schedule, I know, but you just yeah. kind of looking forward to seeing what Jalen Hurts can do. It's a lot of just gleeful anticipation. This this franchise is in such a good place compared to so many others. It's just it's fun.
4: Yeah, a lot of talent, but uh, I, you yeah. know. I, I always go back to, to Peter King in the off season saying, can't find a weakness. I I, I I have a natural contrarian nature, John. So, you know, but for years, I would say Howie Roseman is a top five GM and now that everybody loves Howie, I say, Whoa, 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 slow down a <laughs> little. He still makes some mistakes uh, because he's not, you know, he's a human being. I think it's right. uh, natural. Um, you know, and we talk about the linebackers and the safeties. A lot of uncertainty there. I do want to talk about Jordan Davis first. And and the re- I was on a show yesterday, and I keep getting this, and I keep getting, you know, Jordan Davis was high first round pick. He's got to get six sacks. This and that. What what what, what am I missing? Why why do people? Generally, I guess I'll phrase it this way. If you're a defensive tackle, who's a good pass rusher? Fletcher Cox in his prime, still can do it well. That's the hope for Jalen Carter uh, mm-hmm. to be that type of player. Whether you want to look at Jeffrey Simmons or, or Aaron Donald is, you know, a, a little bit out of reach for anybody. But those yeah. are the types of players. With Jordan Davis, I look at Haloti Nada in his prime. Mm-hmm. Not when he was here, mm-hmm. but in his prime. Right. Uh, guys like that, Pat Williams, Gilbert Brown, these big uh, run-stuffing guys, guys who make it easier for others to do their jobs. Yeah. Is that worthy of being as high a draft pick as Jordan Davis was, especially for a Super Bowl contender? And then the second part, John, I'm getting too wordy. I don't want to bog you down, <laughs> but the second part, if, if you want Jordan Davis to get – six eight sacks because he's such a great athlete who the hell are you sitting to let him rush the passer on third down it, it makes no sense to me
2: yeah i i think i think jordan davis when he was selected where he was i i think that there was the anticipation that he would grow as a pass rusher because i think the the obviously he was already a gifted run blocker and that has a lot of value like if he if he turns out to be haloti nada in his prime then i think that's probably worth where he was drafted um that being said now you do have so many different options on that defensive line i don't know that you need jordan davis to do all those things you're asking him to do and so you did have to spend two first high first round picks on defensive tackles these last two years in order to kind of give yourself a, a good foundation and a good future there. But if each of those guys does their job, like if Jalen Carter's the pass rushing guy and and uh, uh, Jordan Davis is the guy who can really be stout in the middle, then I think I don't think anybody will have a problem with those two picks and, and how they all worked out. Um, I think it's one more year where you struggled really to get Jordan Davis on the field in pass rushing situations. But at a certain point, Fletcher Cox is going to hang him up. Who knows how long Fletcher Cox, how healthy he'll be this year as he continues to, to age. So you know, I think there'll be more playing time for him this year. I know there are other guys they want to get into the mix. I think if Jordan Davis shows significant improvement rushing the passer, he will take time away from Fletcher Cox. They'll 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 figure out a way to get productive players on the field and keep them on the field. So I don't really worry about will there be enough snaps for for everybody. I think if Jordan Davis is out playing Fletcher Cox, especially in rushing the passer, I think he'll play, and I think I think everybody will acknowledge that that's the right thing to do.
3: Fletcher Cox was, by the way, the guy who took the most snaps at defensive tackle, even more so than Javon Hargrave, who had yeah. that many more sacks. But the guy who was on the field more than anybody else to tackle for the Eagles this year was Fletcher Cox. Mm. I kind of agree with you. I think they're going to push Jett Davis's snaps a little bit this year. I think they made the move to get Carter because they plan on playing him, not bringing him along slowly. Mm-hmm last year, let it be known, he wasn't always happy with Jonathan Gannon's schemes and the way he was being used. Any chance for that being an issue if this year for the new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, if Fletcher isn't getting as many snaps as, uh, snaps as he's used to or thinks he deserves?
2: I, I think Fletcher, and I don't know him personally, but I think Fletcher needs to if if he's still having an issue with how many snaps he's getting at this stage of his career, understanding that the Eagles have made these investments in these two guys in the first round, uh, there needs to be some kind of a recalibration. So I, I don't think he really has any room to argue about anything. He's had a brilliant career. You know, he's he's been he's he's one of the greatest defensive linemen ever to play in this in this city. But he's at a stage in his career where he's probably more of a a backup secondary type guy in a rotation that has good defensive backs in it. I mean, good defensive tackles in it. So um, I don't know what Sean decides defense is going to give us. That's one of the big question marks, right? I mean, how similar will it look to Jonathan Gannon? In what ways will it be different? Cause it'll be different in some ways, but in what ways will it be different? How will they utilize these guys? Will there be more stunts? Will there be, uh, more exotic defensive schemes. Will it be vanilla? Will it, I mean, it's, it's pin their ears back and let them rush the quarterback. I don't know. And it's, I think it's a fair question to ask whether or not any of these guys really will have issues with how they're used and, and how they're deployed and whether there will be some growing pains for Sean Desai, maybe at the start of the season, kind of like there was for Nick Sirianni at the start of his head coaching tenure. He's probably not going to come in and hit the ground running with a brilliant defensive scheme might take him a few weeks to kind of get his feet under him and I think this team's been pretty good about if there are complaints if there are problems they don't really make them a public issue very often we haven't really had a whole lot of those kinds of player coaching controversies over the last few years and so that's I think that's a, a testament to guys like Fletcher Cox and the other veterans in the in the locker room
4: yeah Fletcher might be the last one um, that Chody brought up early. In in the first year of the Syriani Ganon regime, um, and then there was Chauncey afterward after mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, yeah. but uh, he was on his way out. And I think that was more bitterness right. than than anything else. Um, also on the defensive line, hey, don't sleep on Milton Williams, man. Everybody yeah. forgets about that guy. I, I they are so deep on the defensive line. That's what I'm saying. If you're like so. Typically, the Eagles like to use the 50 fronts to stop the run, and that's where Jordan Davis will get the majority of the snaps. And then they go to 40 fronts when it's time to rush, or pe- rush the pass, third and 10, third and 12, blah, blah, blah. And then you have Reddick, you have Sweat, you have Brandon Graham, you have now you have Nolan Smith on the outside, you have Jalen yeah. Carter, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams. That That was kind of my point with Jordan Davis. Like, who's coming off the field? And mm-hmm. even if you're taking Pledge off the field, well, then Milton comes on the field as a pass rusher. Yeah. He's really athletic. He's really good. I I, I, I don't know. I and, and by the way, I don't think this is a problem for the Eagles at all. I don't think they care. But it's just interesting to me that, and Jody and I talk about this all the time, John, the expectations of, oh, he's the 13th pick. He's got to do this. Versus, hey, they're trying to win a stinking Super Bowl, and they got a lot of pieces that fit perfectly. Before you start thinking about, oh, I'm going to take Fletcher Cox off the field and put Jordan Davis on the field so we can get six sacks. Who gives yeah. a flying? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They, yeah. You, you get seventy, get seventy again. You're going to be yeah. happy. Well, they're they're not going to get seventy, but you get my point. Yeah. Do these expectations affect the team at all do you think it has a chance to affect the team
2: I mean I, I agree with you I, I think this team's all in on getting back to the Super Bowl and and winning it this time around and whatever they have to do with the personnel in order to give themselves the best chance of doing that they'll do it they would be silly to just to, to shoot you know to shoot them nose off to spite their face just to get Jordan Davis on the field and get him a certain number of sacks or pass rushing opportunities like if Milton Milton Williams is showing that he's the better pass rusher he plays in in front of Jordan Davis. And if Jordan Davis has a a second year that, the number numbers wise doesn't look that impressive, but the Eagles, like you said, are, are not notching 70 sacks. It's why really Jordan Davis's year last year kind of flies under the radar. Nobody really talks about the the season that he had last season all that much. Certainly there isn't that negative connotation of like, Oh, is he a first round bust kind of a thing because of how good the defensive line was. There really was no argument for how he was used and his, his production levels. And the fact that he was hurt certainly was a, was a big part of that. But you know, I would love to see Jordan Davis emerge as this big star. I mean, we coming out of college, we just heard the freak athlete, you know, enormous talent, so much more room to grow, great great run defender, and if all he does this year is stop the run and he's on the field on first and second downs, gets the occasional rush on the passer, the occasional quarterback hit and this team is as good as it was defensively last year, I'm fine with it and I think most Eagles fans would be fine with it too.
3: All right, Johnny. Yes, I guess i um, today's spit stirrer because uh, I asked you about Fletcher not potentially being happy with his snaps. I'm going to ask you about another guy who I'm not sure everything's going to be peaches and cream with this year. And that would be Darius Light.
4: Mm.
3: Uh, at a Detroit charity golf thing this week, he was asked about Matt Patricia and he said, oh, just another day at the office. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, well, that was not the way it was left in Detroit. So I I tip my hat to Darius for not falling prey to a leading question in a Detroit Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. But eventually they're both coming back to Philadelphia and they did not get along when they were in Detroit. Now, Matt Patricia isn't his position coach, but he's a defensive assistant. So he's they're going to be around each other. You buy the fact that Darius Slay is just going to pull on his helmet and go to work. Uh, Johnny liked to call a couple of the Eagle defensive backs last year. They're guys with big personality, which mm-hmm. need to be worked with and coached up and dealt with when they're not necessarily happy. Uh, Darius Slay is one of them, might not as have as big a personality as C.J. Yeah. D.J., but uh, Darius isn't one to just go along to get along either. Right. Any issues between Patricia and Slay this year?
2: Yeah, that was an interesting decision by the by Nick Sirianni and the Eagles to bring Matt Patricia in. Uh, it would seem to me there are a lot of different options they they could use to bring in defensive assistance and to go out and get somebody that had as public a spat with their star cornerback. who they just re-signed uh, to an extension um, recently? You know, it's just, it's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense on its surface, right? I mean, so yeah, what what are they? I I think that all of these guys can be grown ups, And I think that Matt Patricia, maybe there's a little bit more humility because he's not the guy, you know, he's not in charge of the, the, you know, anything in a, in a big way. You know, she's under Sean Desai. There are other defensive coaches who will be over him. And so uh, unless it's a pure personality thing, like they, these guys just can't stand each other personally or whatever it is, I think they'll be okay. But there were a few times last year where, where Darius was, you know, he said some things, especially after the Dallas game, where it seemed, you know, throwing his <laughs> teammate under the bus a little bit here and there. And Darius always has a little bit of an issue with taking full responsibility for mistakes that he makes on the field. And mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of immaturity there. I I'm, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I can't say that I'm not worried about it because I, I you know, Darius Slay's going to be here for a while. So there's, there's another couple years at least. So he, they better figure it out. They, because there's a super bowl to win. And I think, when he was in Detroit, they, they they weren't winning anything. And so that factors on into it, too. You know, there was a losing franchise, a losing culture. Darius Slay had lost a lot. Here, it's a different situation. It's a different culture. It's a different locker room. The expectations are this team is going to get back to the Super Bowl and p- hopefully win it this time around. And so I think there's just a different set of priorities. And at this point, you know, Matt Patricia is not making the, make, the, making the final decisions on anything. So I'm a little Mm. optimistic that it'll be fine, but it was a weird decision to bring him in.
4: Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Jody. Uh, Um, now I'm going to disagree with you guys from this perspective, big personality, Darius Slay, CJ Gardner, Johnson, big personalities. One's a good teammate. One's a not so good teammate. So that, that Darius Slay typically is a very good teammate. Um, voted team captain uh for a reason i always tell that story when devin allen got here he was running at the pen relays like nobody knew devin allen he he got the guys together to go down to watch him he's very you know engaging um great teammate now you bring up the josiah scott thing that to me was more of he's pissed off at people on social media saying he made a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. Uh, Josiah Scott made the mistake on that particular play. Um, And he's trying to, you know, as he says, people don't know ball. um, And, and, and he gets angry at the fans. Now I'll be the first to say, get the hell off social media. I mean, especially if you're a player. So I, I, I agree with that part of it, but I disagree. Slay's a great teammate to his, to, to, to those people. So that's, that's where I'll leave them there. But the Patricia standpoint, yeah, they don't get along. So my question to you, John put on the Nick Sirianni hat and say, why now I've heard, well, to beat the AFC East. Really? You need Matt Patricia to beat the AFC East. (laughs) And by the way, with Jody's jets, Aaron Rodgers is new. What is Matt Patricia other than losing to him all the time in Detroit? I guess he knows how to lose to him. Yeah. Um, he, he knows how to beat Kansas City, does he? I've heard that. And and do you need Matt Patrick It is a strange hiring. It is a strange, strange hiring. And then yeah, this this staff uh, position didn't exist. They created it for Matt Patricia. And my second point, John, is if you're Sean Desai, and you see this guy on the same staff with this big reputation. who has been a defensive coordinator for many years, a head coach. He's, 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 you know, he's got the Belichick, uh, you know, genius tab. He's been with the greatest coach in NFL history as a young defensive coordinator. He's done it for one year in Chicago. Uh, is he going to be looking over his shoulder because Matt Patricia's in the building? It's very strange decision for Nick Sirianni to bring in Matt Patricia.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that possibility exists for sure. Um, it, it was... I mean, it was Matt Patricia... All that New England aura, all that Bill Belichick, whatever scent was on him, it didn't exactly carry with Matt Patricia to Detroit when he no. became the head coach, right? I mean, that, that New England culture just kind of fell off. And we've seen New England assistant head coaches flop pretty much everywhere else they've they've gone when they've tried to be head coaches. So that Bill Belichick aura, that whatever it is that he's got, it only extends as far as the Massachusetts state border. And then at that point, I think (laughs) it just it, it evaporates. So, if there's some kind of New England mystique thing here that the Eagles are trying to bring aboard, so that they can find a way to match up with the Bills and find a way to match up with the with the Dolphins and the Jets, I, I don't I don't see as that being you know terribly terribly effective. So there must be something Matt Patricia does other than get beat by the Philly special that makes <laughs> them think that he has some value here. I don't know what that is. I would be fascinated to hear from Sean Desai talk about that a little bit more in depth at some point, or Nick Sirianni to talk about that a little bit more in depth to go out of your way to create a position for a guy who did not have any success in Detroit and who openly feuded with one of your best stars. It's perplexing to say the least. And to create a position for a guy, apparently for to do something that no one else in the league could do. Otherwise you wouldn't have created a position for one person in particular I'd love to know what that special talent is. I mean, is he, is, is, is he, is he a talented musician in his off time and we're not aware of this? Like I don't know what it
3: is. (laughs) Johnny, you got uh, Darius Slay on a bigger pedestal as far as a teammate goes than I do. He's no Jalen Hurts. He's certainly better than CJ. GJ, I'll give you that. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how good a teammate he is this year because I know good diehard Eagle fans that watch birds 365 remember this, but the casuals may not Eagles absolutely floated a story that they were going to release them. It was a done deal. We sat here on birds 365 and for two days talked about how the hell are they going to replace Darius Slay? They're going to release him. Oh shoot. They got a contract redone with Darius Slay. Th- they did that on purpose to try and get him to the table and realize, <laughs> do you want to go out on free? Aid? We're, we're making a fair offer here, Darius. You better take it. Otherwise you're going to have to go there. I'm, I guarantee you that did not go over well with like. uh, Slay. Any time a team throws you up against the wall, that does not play well in your mind. So we'll see if he's as good a teammate this year. And uh, the whole uh, one for all, all for one, we got to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, Jayvon Hargrave, right? Led the Eagles in sacks last year. San Francisco 49ers put more money on the table. He decided I can go sleep with that enemy. So the, the, the all for one and one for all thing we'll see if that holds uh sway. And I do wonder about slight, cause I don't understand for a military. Millisecond-
4: well, I, I I'll just say I'll, I'll jump. I agree, you know, but I, that had more to do with the age than, you know, then, then he's a bad teammate or anything like that. They were just making a football decision saying, all right, if CJ takes this 8 million, whatever they were going to offer him and we get Bradbury to, convince Bradbury to come back, we're gonna let Slay move on. That that was the decision. But um yeah, I, I don't think it had anything to do with his being a bad teammate. I think it was uh oh he's 32 he had a great start to the season, kind of faltered down the stretch, wasn't as good. And it's the old better to give up on a player a year early than a year late mentality. And you know, corners in this league at 32 33, and it starts getting a little shaky. Um, and that might happen. Um, and if CJ accepts the contract, he's probably not here. Um, and maybe he does get a little bit bitter, but I can tell you, he and his wife did not want to leave here. Um, now he felt he had to at a certain point, and he got close with Baltimore. Um, but just, and I'm talking purely amongst his teammates he is very very well respected very well respected that's all i'm saying and they voted him a team captain that wasn't nick Sirianni saying all right this is my captain that's the players voting him to be a captain so and he he freaking cried he was so happy about it. i mean he cares about his teammates that's all i'm trying to say acts like a goofball so i think it some it gets mixed but he's he's really a good guy to his teammates. right? If if
3: I made it sound like they were squeezing him on the contract because he wasn't a good teammate. No, 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 no. I I understand football decision age. Irrelevant. If you're Darius, like you don't care why they are squeezing you. You only care that they are squeezing you. You don't care if it's for age. You don't care if it's production. You don't care if it's because you're a good teammate, a bad teammate, and a a mediocre teammate. You're squeezing me. Really? How many times I made the pro bowl and you're going to release my ass? Yeah, no, Darius, is, I guarantee you, didn't take that well. Uh, now, we got the done, deal done, and he and his wife want to be a, I understand all that. In the back of his head, um, I'm just uh, very interested to see if he's as good a one-for-all, all-for-one guy this year after the Eagles went through the negotiation that they did with him this past season. All right, John, I got a uh, kind of off-the-wall question for you, Johnny Stallman. Right. Howie Roseman takes pride in the Eagles having at least one, if he can get more than one, he'll take them. Undrafted free agents make the team. <clears throat> Last year, not only did Blankenship make the team, he had to start games for them because of the injury to CJ DJ. And now year number two, at least uh, as we sit here, he's penciled in as a starting safety for the Eagles and a general manager and the coaching staff. But I think it's more Howie because he's the guy who's got to get the guy signed and then the coach has got to coach him up. Uh, take a lot of pride in that. And Eagles have been good at that and have had guys that uh, every other team passed on and then they signed and got them to contribute to a team. Who's that guy this year for the Eagles? Who's the undrafted free agent that will make the team? Uh, as of right now, don't know if anybody going to be jumping into the lineup and playing on a consistent basis, but makes the team special teams, uh, whatever role they're playing. Who's the most likely undrafted free agent to make the birds?
2: I'd be lying if I said I've done a ton of homework on, on the undrafted free agents. Yeah, I know it's an uh, unfair that, that question. Signed. I'm a dad. I think if what you're going to you right? go, I I you thought at you're, position.
4: Right? John, I thought you're going to go. No, 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 no. no, Oko it's... <laughs> no
2: I'm, I'm just making it up. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what I think, you know, if you're, if you're looking at some of these, um, you know, some of the positions here, they got a punter, right? I think a pun. you know, uh, this guy, Ty Zentner, um, from from Kansas yeah. State, you know, it, you bring him into training camp. If he out-punts everybody, they, they need a punter. They need to f- figure out what they're going to do there. So, so maybe maybe that's your guy. Um, you know, I still think they could use a, a second or third tight end um, to, to kind of back up uh, Dallas Goddard. So maybe this Brady Russell kid shows you enough in, in training camp that, you know, you could, you yeah, could conceivably him there too. lock that him in. Um, yeah. and, and then I think, you know, they they got this linebacker. I'm trying to remember his name. A ben... Ben, ben Van Sumeren. What's that? Sumeren. Ben Van Sumeren. Ben, yeah, Ben Van Sumeren. That's right. Ben Sumeren. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, and you know he's apparently a smart guy. Um, he's uh, you know, and linebackers are one of those places. You know that I think the Eagles have had. You know, you mentioned some of the success they've had with undrafted free agents, and and linebackers are a position where they've they've typically had you know, some of those, some of that success. And so they need <clears throat> linebacker help, right? They're going to look to try and get linebacker help where, wherever they can. Um, you know, Van Sumeran's like third on the depth chart right now, but, you know, he's behind, you know, Sean Bradley, who... I don't think they have a whole lot of confidence in Christian Ellis. I know is a guy who's getting talked about a lot. Uh, he's looked pretty good in OTA. So uh, his stock might be starting to rise, but you know, I think there's positions to be won there, you know, like we've talked about Nicholas Morrow before is, is, is he going to make the team even? So I, I think there's, there's jobs to be won at those three different positions. And that's a spot where if, if you're bringing in an undrafted free agent to, to hopefully do what Reed Blankenship did last year and take advantage of that opportunity when it arises, yeah. it would be at positions where, you're, you're, you're kind of shallow anyway. And maybe one of the cornerbacks that they brought in, they say, Oh, you know, maybe he transitions better to safety. Let's, let's see if we can see about, you know, maybe striking, getting, you know, striking the iron twice there uh, and if, if, getting another undrafted free agent uh, at safety. So I think those would probably be the guys in the positions I'm looking at.
4: Yeah. And I would add uh, Trevor Reed, offensive tackle from Louisville. They always like to give Jeff Stoutland a project and, mm-hmm. uh, He's a great athlete, and, and I could see Stoutland saying, all right, I can I can make something out of this kid if we get him into an NFL weight room and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. so Trevor Reed. And then the receivers, Joseph Nada from Clemson, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, who played uh, with Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, then he transferred to Arkansas. The Eagles need help at receiver. Not as a really big kid, he might be a Zach Pascal. You know, if you want to have mm. that sort of trait, maybe that. But but Jody's right. Every year, last year it was it was Josh Job, um, Reed Blankenship, and and Josh Sills. Right,
3: offensively. Um,
4: so um, you know they kept three, and that was a Super Bowl roster. So for people yeah. that don't think the undrafted guys have a chance, they have a chance. And yeah, you know, all GMs are like that. Look at what I found. Look at what I found. <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Howie's no different from that perspective. I will say though, John, and I only got to see the Eagles for 100 minutes in the spring. That's it. But I got to tell you, Aaron sepos blew Ty Zetner out of the water. now, okay. now maybe behind the scenes. Ty, I, I don't know. Maybe we showed up and he got nervous, but man, Aaron Sipas blew him out of the water. So if he's going to get competition, it might be from outside the organization. They might have to go looking for another punter. But hey, 100 minutes is 100 minutes. That not That's not much. Maybe he just had a bad day.
3: Yeah. Yes, e- the Eagles actually are going to have a training camp, which will be good. Yeah. they got a lot of downtime, yeah. but they, like everyone else, will have a training camp, and that's where the punter will be decided. All right, Johnny, yes, we did this earlier this week. I'm interested in your take on this. <clears The throat> Eagles' uh, individual game tickets went on sale the other day. I'm guessing they sold in a matter of hours, if not minutes, because they've got such a season ticket base that they don't have that many individual tickets left around. So I'm sure they were snapped up on the Internet in uh, no time flat. But you've got eight home games this year. Pretty damn good home schedule. Some quality opponents there. If you have it in front of you, you know the teams they're playing. If not, I'll run them down real quick for you. The home games are Minnesota Thursday night early, Washington after, Miami mid-October, Dallas first Sunday in November, Buffalo a couple of weeks after that, San Francisco first in December, Giants and Arizona late December on Christmas and New Year's Eve. If you only could get tickets for one game, out of the eight home games this year mm-hmm. what's the must-see tv must-see live excuse me game for john stonis this year on Eagles' skin
2: yeah i think if i remember correctly i did a ranking of all their home games and in, in, for bleeding green nation a few weeks ago and i think if i'm remembering correctly the the game i had at the top of the list was 49ers um normally you'd say the cowboys and you'd be right to say the cowboys but i'm not even sure if the cowboys would be my number 2 this year because first of all that for, that you want the 49ers to come back into philadelphia and you want to shut them up again right the 49ers i think have the the second best roster in the nfl despite the fact that it's still uncertain who their quarterback is is going to be but with how much they've been talking this off season, the arrogance the the whining um you, you that is i think that's the best home game of the year because of what happened in the nfc championship game last year and and the sour grapes that the 49ers players have displayed that to me is the game i would i would choose and as far as number 2 it's kind of a toss up between buffalo and dallas like you get you get dallas every year dallas comes in every year buffalo hasn't i don't think I'm trying to remember were the bills at their height with jim kelly were they, were they ever in Philadelphia? I can't remember a game if they were. And so we don't really get a chance to see the bills when they're really good with a star quarterback, like Josh Allen, like this, That I think might be my number two slightly ahead of the Dallas Cowboys. But I think both of those teams are far behind the 49ers as the, as the game that I would want to see the most, just because of all of this stuff going on outside off the football field, you know, all the stuff surrounding it and the revenge factor and all that kind of stuff.
4: Uh, at John Stolness, no sour grapes for me, John. When you're on the program, does a tremendous job at Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, at Billy Penn, listen to the good fight there. The Phillies at 500, I believe. We're at 500, is that correct? Yeah, back to 500. Yeah, scaled um, the mountain. Yeah, scaled the mountain. Now you can uh, start heading towards the playoffs uh, again hopefully get in the dance and you never know what happens for the Phillies. Right. But um, last one from me, we've been talking about this all week because it was interesting to me on, on day two of OTAs that was open to reporters kind of jogged my memory. Hey, bunch of these guys are going to be getting maintenance days in training camp. Uh, the Fletcher Coxes of the world, Jason Kelsey, uh, obviously on that list. Why it's interesting is because, Cam Juergens is penciled in to be the right guard. Now, Mm -hmm. when Jason Kelsey isn't practicing, you need Cam Juergens to play center. Or do you? Um, Do you need to get him more reps at right guard? At least for one day. And they don't even do team drills, so it really doesn't matter. But for one day in the spring, they moved Juergens back to center when Kelsey had the maintenance day. And it was Tyler Steen taking first team reps. You is that the right way to go? Do you need to get Cam Jurgens ready to play right guard? Does is he is he good enough to where he can toggle back and forth in training camp? Do you like that plan?
2: I think if Jeff Stoutland's doing it, it's a good plan. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think with you know yeah, I I think with Cam Jurgens, I th- I don't think a day a week at center to give Jason Kelsey. Uh, a breather, I don't necessarily think that's going to push him back in terms of being able to compete for the right guard spot. He just might not be the best fit for that job to begin with based on his size. Um, you know, Tyler Steen's a bigger kid. He might just, he might they, they might like him for that spot anyway, but want to give Cam Juergens a chance to compete for it. And obviously we'll see how that shakes out. But I, I don't think moving him to center you know, once or twice a week will necessarily hurt him in the right guard competition. He, I'm sure got a lot of uh, reps um, at both positions last year. I think that they have a pretty good idea what he can do at both of those different positions. And so you might not need to see him as much at right guard. You really probably want to see Tyler Steen a little bit more there so you have a better sense of what he can do. So the fact that Cam Juergens was in the building all last year, you've got a pretty good foundation of information with regards to how he plays both of those different spots so if jeff stoutland's doing it man i'm i'm i trust jeff stoutland implicitly when it comes to how he moves his guys around the offensive line all
3: right uh you took me down a wormhole there Stallness. trying to remember the bills eagles in philadelphia during the jim kelly years <sighs> i gotta remember that right that's me and mac now together on wip that's right yeah. Me, a former right. buffalo guy
4: yeah how well, i don't I- be able to tell us you how? might want to hold that, Joe. Yeah, well, be able I will,
3: but since we got John here now, we can run it by him. They played in November of 1996. Kelly went, man, how do I not remember this? 11 of 22. Jim Kelly, top of his game, 11 of 22 for 112 yards. <sighs> Where did that eagle defense come from in 1996? Well, One that does- was...
2: Sorry, I was gonna say, yeah, that's Ray Rhodes territory, right? I mean, that was uh, that was yeah. the year they that was the year they lost in the playoffs to the 49ers. Yeah.
3: One twelve. Yeah, was... uh, I can't believe Jim Kelly had this bad a game here in the midst of his uh tremendous run. And the the uh Bills he came in lapped. seven and two, he, the he, Eagles he... were six and three. So they were yeah. both good teams at the time. Wasn't like it was a mismatch or anything else, but the Eagles won 24-17 and Buffalo scored. On a blocked punt.
4: So mm. Kelly and the, the that superior offense scored all of 10 points. Yeah, Damn Ty good Detmer. defense. Ty Detmer gouged Jim Kelly. Uh, yeah. How could you not remember that? Ty Detmer threw for 315 yards. I just looked it up, Jody. Right.
3: And a 23-yard touchdown pass to Kevin Turner out of the backfield. That's what we need out of Jalen this year. Get the ball yeah. to the back out of the backfield. Kevin Turner-like. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Was, How do I not I, remember the details of that game? As I look at I it on just, paper or on a computer screen, I go, damn, that's a good win for the Eagles. Sticking it to the Bills. Ty Detmer. Yeah. I have no recollection of that Decker. game. Wow. None. Yeah.
4: Zero. Yeah. Should be, it should be the Ty Detmer game. I would <laughs> assume. Uh,
2: that whole 96 season is a blur because we remember 95 because of, you know, the fourth and one and the Detroit Lions playoff game and all that Ray Rhodes first season. It was 96. They had that James Willis return against Dallas. And that was, the that oh, was it. That, that, re- that I remember.
3: That was in Dallas for, he, we right. were
2: sitting in the end zone. He ran it right
3: toward me. Right. I remember that game. No, yeah. I don't remember Buffalo against Eagle.
2: <laughs> Not me either.
3: <laughs> Shame on me for that. All right. This uh, last two games in Arizona, if they officially turn a corner, the Phil's good to go here. Now that they're back at 500 is only, upward trajectory from here johnny s
2: yeah you know what they're, they're they're playing dancing on my own in the locker rooms now so i think the vibes are good uh the pitching oh, staffs goodness. come around and you know if they can get arenola on track oh boy because uh the offense is starting to swing the bats a little bit so yeah things are things are looking up that's a good team they're playing in in arizona this week oh, yeah. and they've taken two out of the first three so they're playing well Today would be a key game.
3: Johnny, yes, always a pleasure. Mr. stoneless for Bleeding Green Nation. Check out his Eye on the Enemy Eagles podcast as well. And whenever he jumps on with us, we appreciate him. Thanks, bud.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks, John.
3: John. Johnny stoneless mm-hmm. here with us on Birds 365. Yes, the aforementioned Glenn Macnow. Oh, yeah, I'm shaming myself. I'm being honest with you folks. I, I don't BS you when I get on here on Birds 365. If I know something, I'll tell you. If I don't, I'll tell you I don't know. I don't remember that game. I was doing a show in Philadelphia with a Bills guy, former Buffalonian Glenn Macnow, and I'm sure we talked that game up all week. I'm sure I rubbed it in his face a little bit afterwards, mm-hmm. and I don't remember that game a little bit. It just Yeah, that's that
4: that, now I I was paying absolutely no attention to the Eagles at that stage. So no surprise that uh I don't remember. But that's a bad job by you, Jody. You're on the air with Glenn Mack now. How do Um, I how do I Mr. Buffalo? Um and 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 did Ty Detmer play a lot that year? I don't know. Um, but man, um couldn't have been good if he did.
3: Don't, don't remember <laughs> Ty Detmer out of the backfield to Kevin Turner for a 23-yard touchdown pass. Sorry, I don't remember it. All right, uh, we'll bring that up with Mac now. We're going to talk all things Eagles with him as well. Um, we'll have some fun uh, shooting the breeze with Glenn. All right, one thing I want to run by Johnny Mack when we come back. Again, national story. has no effect whatsoever in Philadelphia, but it could have an effect going forward. We sit here in July coaches on the hot seat nobody's oh, on a hot wow. seat they're all on vacation right now why, why would you talk about because the hot seat will get hot at some point during the upcoming <clears throat> year and you can look at it at any time during the year and go yeah this seat could potentially get hot we're not saying they're hot right now but depending on how the season goes their uh seat could get kind of worn I, i'll tell you this right now andy reed not on a hot seat Seat no a big friggin' seat for Andy, but no. there is no way his seat gets hot this year. He's in damn good shape. Nick Sirianni, not far behind on the warmth under his chair. Not much at this stage, but it did get kind of hot on Doug Peterson pretty fast. So you never say never with the uh, owner of the Eagles. Um, but there are a good number of guys who come into the year and the seats already warm and it could get hot. I'm going to run them by Johnny Mac, uh, a group of eight eight NFL coaches and see who he, who he thinks by the end of the season the seat will not only be roasting but one that they're going to have to get up and get off because they're told their services are no longer needed he's mcmahon on mcdonald you got mac and mac here on birds 365
6: E A G L E S Eagles. Eagles.
3: Magma Mac guys, Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac here with Young Birds 365 in the midst of the Eagles summer. It's most of the NFL summer, but there are actually teams having mini camps this week, and Eagles are on vacation. So I want to spread the conversation around to a spot that may or may not have an effect on the Eagles down the road. But I, CBS, uh, sports.com came up with a list and I like their list. And that's why I'm using it of coaches. that could be on the hot seat at some point going forward. That uh, as the season plays itself out, their job could be at risk, could even cost them their job by the end of the season, but off what they've done and expectations and everything else you can conjecture. Their seat could get hot at some point in this upcoming season. So they put together a list of eight. I like their list. Three of those coaches actually made the playoffs last year. Five didn't. Three did. Johnny Mac, I need you to tell me you got a pen and a piece of paper.
4: Uh, I guess I do. Write Uh. these
3: down. And then uh, after I go through the list, I'm going to ask you, How many will be in a seat that'll be too hot to stay seated in and they'll be told their services are no longer needed at the end of this year. So a little prediction prognostication involved here as well. The coaches that made the playoffs this past year, Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys, Todd Bowles. It is a significant change down there. Um, Uh, without that uh, quarterback that they used to have pretty good player. Uh, Todd Bowles of Tampa, Brandon Staley of the Chargers. And the guys who didn't make the playoffs, Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, Ron Rivera of the commanders. So that's two of the uh, opposition teams in the NFC versus the Eagles. Uh, that McDaniels guy who almost got hired here in Philadelphia is his time up in Vegas. Dennis Allen down in new Orleans and Alex Smith in Atlanta. How many of those coaches do you think will not be the head coach in 2024 on June 15th of that's today's date? I think it's the 15th. Uh,
4: um, well, I, I, I mean, Typically, it's going to be seven, somewhere in that range, six or seven, maybe eight. You, you gave eight a, in a bad season when you talk about Black Monday. But you know what? I, I like the list. All those guys are definitely on, on the hot seat. Um, but I, I think you could add some guys. All um, right. You want to add? Go ahead. Go for it. Well, and and these are all sort of, you know, guys who aren't proven. I think there's one proven guy who's on the hot seat who who has won a lot of games and has a lot of success, but that's Sean McDermott. If things go badly in Buffalo, don't be surprised if he's on the hot seat. Now, if they're a good team, it doesn't matter. And then there's a couple guys. Arthur Smith was the one sort of young coach, and he is on the hot seat. Uh, there are some other young coaches on the hot seat Uh Aberflush in Chicago, another bad year. He's got to show improvement. Now I know you think they're going to improve, but they win three, four games again. He's out. Um, your guy, Robert Sala. He got to win. He's got a winner. He's done. Um, it, 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 now again, I think he is going to win. I think they're going to be a good team. But he's definitely uh, on, on the hot seat. And then another somewhat proven guy, Mike Rabel in Tennessee. They're going in a negative direction. So I would just add those names. But the, of the group. Uh, right. Part of this is, and you've touched on it, I've
3: touched on it, part of it's speculation. Yeah. That you have to, well, this is what I see happening for this year, and that's what's going to make the seat hot. If you don't think Buffalo is going to fall apart, then Sean McDermott's going to be fine. Yeah. So you're right. If you want to play worst case scenario, you can probably expand the list to 20 out of the 32. Guys. Well,
4: there are certain guys. I mean, there are certain guys that even if they have a bad season, they're fine. So I think there is a demarcation line. Um, you know, the entrenched guys, we know the uh, Andy, you know, Belichick, the entrenched, but even guys like like John Harbaugh. Um,
3: All right, so let, let me ask you a question. Patriots go 4-13, which I don't think they're going to, but since we're doing worst-case scenario, Belichick's still the coach of the Patriots a year after?
4: Yeah, if he wants to be. Now, at some point, Bill's going to say, you know what, I'm done with this, and I I don't think they're ever firing Bill Belichick. I, you know, I, nor do I think they should, uh, but I do think there's a chance in the next few years, how old is bill? I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's over 70, 70. I think. Yeah. Um, so at some point, but I do think he's going to walk away on his own. Uh Mike Tomlin, a lot of people in Pittsburgh have said, you know, guys, I don't know what he got that job, like 2020, 20, 2007, somewhere in that room. Never had a losing season. Never had a freaking losing season. Um, they shouldn't fire him. Um, let's put it that way. So there's a lot of entrenched guys who who can keep their jobs, um, even with a bad season. I think the most likely of the list you gave me, Bowles, I think, is in deep trouble because um, it's going to be a bad team. And I, I don't think they look at him as the long-term answer, um, barely or unfairly, and it's probably unfair uh, Stepanski, I think, is in trouble. Um, if Deshaun Watson doesn't kick in, man, I think he's done. Um, I think Ron is in trouble. Uh, you know, Washington. Josh Harris has taken over that team. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be approved before week one. That They got two dates uh, already set up, and one in July, one in August. So Daniel Snyder's going to be out of there not that Daniel Snyder would help Ron or, or hurt him, but you know, new ownership tends to want their own guys in there. So Keep correct. Keep correct. I think it's a very difficult situation. Uh, yeah, I think Daniel says another bad season. He's out. He's out. Um, and Arthur Smith, I think is out. I mean, that's not a good football team. They build it incorrectly. They got a bunch of skill players. They don't have a quarterback. Um, I think they're going to have another bad season. He's going to be out. Boy, Nick Sirianni is such a uh, – man, he he is – he is, we talk about the chasm between A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, and wide receiver three on the Eagles. The only bigger chasm might be Nick Sirianni and the second-best coach from his class, from his hiring class, because those guys all stink and Nick is reaching playoffs and Super Bowls, with all due respect to your guy, Robert Sella. But I think, you know, Robert's going to be fine because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to save him. Uh, but if he, if they go eight and nine, he's out. He's out too. Joe Douglas might be out as well. Uh, um, yeah. All right, so out of the eight
3: I gave you, give me the top <clears throat> two most likely to keep their job. Because you and I agree, a whole bunch of them are in a lot of trouble. That seat's going to get real hot real fast during the year out of McCarthy, Bowles, Stanley, Stefanski, Rivera, McDaniels, Allen, and Smith. Who are the two most likely to keep
4: their <clears hands? throat> I think McCarthy, um, you know, Jerry Jones over the years has, you know, lessened when it comes to coaching. You know, there's a lot of talk. Well, he doesn't want to lose Kellen Moore. You know, he's gonna fire McCarthy every year. Well, he let Kellen Moore go and kept McCarthy. Um, he's not he doesn't want Dan Quinn to go. He he's gonna fire McCarthy and, and hire Dan Quinn. Well, he let Dan Quinn do seventy five interviews, got him back anyway. Um it, it, you know, by no means am I saying it's ninety percent, but I think you know, it's at least 60-40 that McCarthy keeps his job for two reasons. One, Cherry doesn't like his change like people assume for whatever weird reason. And I think they're going to be a pretty good team. Um, you know, if they crap the bed in the playoffs again, that's certainly not going to help them. Uh, but I think on this list, he's, he's one of the safer ones. And I think Dennis Allen – even though I'm not a fan, um, I think they're going to be better than people expect. And anytime you're sort of overachieve, I think there's a chance that uh, you get kept, uh, which
3: is unfortunately for the Eagles because they still are owed a second-round draft pick from the Saints in the trade that they made on draft day—not this past draft, but the draft before. So if the Saints are better, that second-round draft pick isn't going be, to be as high as it What are it your two picked. guys, Jody? What's that?
4: What are your two guys?
3: Oh, I agree with one of your two. I think Dennis Allen's going to stick around in, in New Orleans because I think they made a major upgrade at quarterback by getting Derek Carr. Uh, they've been making it up at quarterback the last couple of years. Uh, since Drew Brees walked away, they've kind of, like, done paint by numbers stuff i actually think Carr is going to make them a better football team and they still have one of the better defenses in the national league <laughs> like i think i think they are absolutely the team to beat in that division which may turn up as the weakest division in football again which i think will keep arthur smith right where he's at i think it's new orleans and atlanta in that division i think tampa and carolina even though i'm a uh, a young fan, I think he's going to start from week one. And to borrow from your buddy, uh, uh vocabulary, startup costs in Carolina. I think that uh, Atlanta and uh, New Orleans will do battle for that division. I think both of those guys keep their job. I would say Allen and Smith. <clears throat> I think McCarthy goes, because I don't think the Cowboys will do anything in the playoffs. Bowles is dead. I know you're not a Brandon Staley fan. I'm not a huge fan of his either. If he doesn't win a playoff game with Herbert, they got to get Herbert signed. They'll turn Herbert and that new deal over to some other uh, coach. I would probably put Stefanski third because I actually think Deshaun Watson's going to have a good year. Um, Year removed from all the stuff. Self-inflicted pain, but I do think he'll be better. I think in, Wa- in Washington, they're going to bring in a new coach. And the most likely to not be back, that would be Josh McDaniels of the Vegas Raiders. He's a
4: bad head coach. Uh, you know, he bad. absolutely
3: is a bad head coach who's been given a couple of shots at it. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. And uh, There are some guys, and you and I have both seen this in our, our years. Guys are great coordinators. Offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. And they're just not head coaches. Yeah. But because they're so good at being assistants, teams will give them a chance or a second chance or a third chance. Norm Turner got three chance. Norm chances, Turner,
4: right? baby. That is the definition of Norb Turner.
3: Exactly right. You would just keep giving him. Forget the two times he failed as a head coach. Do you remember how great an offensive coordinator he was with the Cowboys? We need to make this guy our head coach. Just boggles my mind when it happens. Uh, and that's Josh <clears> McDaniels. This will be it, though. Josh is not going back for a third bite at the apple. He uh, will have to stay as a coordinator the rest of his career. Yeah. I don't like the <clears throat> Raiders at all this year. But,
4: but by the way, I, I number three for me, you said Stefanski. I, I think, I think he's a better coach than my number three. And that's Staley. who I don't like as a coach even a little bit, but I think he's got a chance to stay because one, The quarterback is tremendous. Like you're talking about Deshaun, maybe Deshaun Watson uh, comes back to what he was. Um, We already know Justin Herbert's great, and and they're going to be they're going to be solid. Um, And if they they could just hold, what what was the lead they blew against Jacksonville? I don't know. Twenty, it was was twenty something points. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty something. Um, I think Herbert. It was
3: twenty seven.
4: Yeah, it might have been twenty-seven. I think Herbert might save his job, but he could also take it because if he says, "You know what? I'm done with this guy," they're done with that guy. He's right. not winning that battle.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, he's losing that one. Uh, yeah, he, he he. The pressure's on him, and the difference between like he and Stefanski, it, the the expectations are much less in in Cleveland. They should be phenomenally high because the Browns never win anything. But then again, neither do the Chargers. But because of Herbert's had the career that he's had, the expectations are higher. That's why I think Staley is more likely to get his pink slip. All right, uh, Jordan McDonald, John McMahon, mac and mac Here with you on Birds 365. We need a third Mac into the mix. My other Mac partner, that would be on the radio side. He is the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network. And you catch weekends on WIP as well. Glenn Mac now joins us next here on Birds 365.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch six ABC twenty four seven with the six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
0: And the big story on Action News. Search six ABC
1: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes, and the stakes <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready all right here we go let's hear the crowd so go to the cafe come on mama, go. Oh,
6: mama she did it
4: again you can't avoid gravity but united healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings united Healthcare.
5: uh-huh right, I'm not putting up with this anymore Quoting
3: attack coming your way jenny mcdonald john McMullen, and glenn mack now hosting the eagles pregame show and of course those on the weekends on wip um Mac, i know you were probably not listening to our number one of the show today but uh john john stone is from bleeding green nation i asked him what game is the must see got to be down there for the eagles this year he said san francisco he said secondly maybe buffalo and he said, I'm trying hard to remember if, if during the Kelly era, the Bills ever came in. There's, there's not a, a rivalry between <laughs> these two teams. And I had to look it up. 1996, Buffalo came in to play the Eagles. Jim Kelly against Ty Detmer. Wow. And Ty I- Detmer,
4: baby. Ty Detmer gutted Jim Kelly, Glenn Mac, Now you don't remember that?
7: I do not.
3: I I don't remember that game. I said, how could I forget Mac now? And I were working together at the time. It's Bill's Eagles. How the hell do I have no recollection
7: of that game? The, the, the only real significant Bill's Eagles game moment that I remember was the Randall Cunningham Mm. run around the end zone, duck under Bruce Smith, throw the pass that ended up being a 91 yard touchdown to Freddie Barnett. That's, that's my Eagle Bills kind of
3: all-time moment. Same year. That I remember. Yeah. Eagles Bills in 1996. But right over my head. Shame on me. Shame on you, though. Thanks for your sharing in my shame. I appreciate that great. It's a news. long time ago, Jody.
4: <laughs> yeah. I I, got, I we all had to look it up. That was, you know, that was pretty bad. That was the year Rodney Pete got hurt. And yeah. Ty Detmer had to play a lot. And the Eagles made the playoffs. Yeah, it did, That's really,
7: pretty well. Um, did really well. Impressive.
4: Uh really well. They
7: listen,
3: they had such good defense back then.
4: Yeah. They
7: could
3: they could win. Yeah, they yeah. did. All right. Speaking of defense, i talk about this year's Eagles defense. Linebacker. Johnny Mack and I keep coming back to this. Peter King wrote a column a couple of weeks ago, ranked the team, said, I hate doing this, but then he went ahead and did it. Power rankings <laughs> of all the teams in the National Football League. And the Eagles number one. And he said, a team I can't find a weakness on. Uh, I think a little hyperbole by Peter there because linebacker to me is a weakness. Even if you love N'Kobe Dean, which I do love them from the minute they drafted him in the third round. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, yeah, Christian Ellis has made a couple of plays in OTAs, picked off passes in seven and seven. 11 on 11 going to be much uh, different, more difficult come September. Is linebacker weakness for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, Glenn? I don't think it's particularly
7: weakness, guys, because I think the way they de emphasize linebackers makes it a less important position for the team, if that makes any sense. So it's not one where when you lose TJ Edwards, when you lose Kaiser White, you're in terrible trouble because those guys, and I know, listen, they, uh, excuse me, Edwards made a lot of tackles. But when I think of the top 25 plays from last year, I don't know that T.J. Edwards or Kaiser White are in any of them. I think it's a plug-and-play position for them, and I think those guys should be able to come in. <clears throat> you know, we, we didn't see much of Nicobe Dean last year. We saw him a little bit in a couple of games. He looked good in those limited opportunities. By all accounts, he's really smart. He's going to wear the green dot, which means he's going to be the guy on the field all the time calling the plays. You hope because of his size he can hold up. But I think I think he should be fine based on how good he was in college. And I think Nick, Nicholas Morrow uh, is going to be okay. Listen, he led the, Bears in tackles last, uh, yeah, led the Bears in tackles last year, which, again, may not be the greatest accomplishment. I think everybody was running through their front line, so guys were coming right at him. But I think they'll be fine. And I think given how they are so strong at the line in the secondary – It's not going to be a problem.
4: You know, to play a little devil's advocate with that, because I think you're right, Glenn. I think that's the way the Eagles look at it, is it's just sort of a plug-and-play position. And you're right, there weren't a ton of splash plays from T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White. But I'll tell you what, plugging in T.J. Edwards was a hell of a lot better than plugging in Eric Wilson a couple years ago. The Eagles had been through this. They've gone down that route with poor linebackers. Nate Gary fans like to bring up, um, you know, the Paul Warlows of the world, the Corey Nelsons that never even, the LJ Forts that never even panned out. They tried to plug them in, but they couldn't play. TJ could play, Kaiser yeah, could play. I, I, hey, I don't
7: want to take anything away from TJ Edwards. I think Kaiser White was just a guy, but I think TJ Edwards was, was pretty good. Can Morrow be that guy? I don't know. I mean, I you know, the, the game I remember was the Bears game against the Eagles last year. He had the most tackles on the field. I think he had 11 or 12 tackles that day. I think he's going to be a guy who will tackle guys who are near him uh, and not make a lot of, you know, interceptions, force fumbles, other plays than that. And I think on this defense, he played every play of the – every single play for the Bears last year and was – Perfectly cromulent, perfectly decent. I think he
3: can be that. Hopefully, he can be that, and or how he goes out and gets an upgrade because we saw him do that a couple times last year during the summer, yeah. picking up uh, a cornerback who turned into an all-pro and a safety who had a damn good season for him, and both of those were after camp uh, additions, right, um, or at least after some workout conditions. Let me ask you about the guy who's going to be calling those signals for the Philadelphia Eagles, Sean Desai. Change of defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, right, wrong, or indifferent. John and I are more fans, uh, defenders than detractors. I think you're you're a guy who's who's gone back and forth on that. Um, I I like what I've heard from Sean Desai. The interviews that he's done, his track record is his track record. I think he's got all the verbal answers we also speculate that it's going to be a very similar defense to the one that they had last year with Jonathan Gannon. How different is it going to be? Is it going to be, we're not even going to be able to tell the difference between the size defense and Gannon's defense. Will he come in and here and tinker? How do you think the Eagle defense is going to look under their new defensive coordinator? Frustratingly similar. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and,
7: I realize that when I say that they did lead the league in sacks and got close to the record and they were very good in, uh, well, for part of the season in takeaways and it was a very effective defense. Um, I think it's going to be the same scheme. I think that's the scheme that Nick Sirianni wants to run. And so that's the scheme that they're going to run. I imagine maybe just on a hunch and a hope that the side is going to be a little bit more aggressive, but I think that, um, Barring big changes in personnel, it's going to be the same defense, the same scheme that it was last year. And again, it was really effective. Yeah, I was not uh, the biggest fan of Jonathan Gannon. Um, I certainly wasn't one of the people who said he should be fired after 11 weeks when they were 10 and 1.
4: Evidently, but, we said it in a press conference. I don't remember it, but we were yeah, calling I for it. Yeah, he said it.
7: Yeah, listen, yeah. part of the reason that it's so easy to dislike Jonathan Gannon is because of some of the things he said after he left and his personality. And I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be five and 12 this year. And that's perfectly great. With well, me.
4: Bob, you're giving them a lot. I <laughs> <Okay. You don't laughs> okay. might be optimistic there. G-Mac. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
7: yeah. All right. Well, there you go. They'll be contending for the first pick of the draft. Um, so I, I just, I don't think that's going <laughs> to be, if you look at the top differences in the Eagles last year, it, it's not going to include the defensive
4: scheme. All right, I'm, I'm gonna call myself out Glenn because I should have uh, sweet I I should have asked Nick Sirianni in the very brief time we had the spring to see this team. What the hell is Matt Patricia doing here? And I forgot to ask. Yeah, what the hell is Matt Patricia doing here? what what It's so bizarre to me for two reasons, Glenn. One, the sleigh reason, that's the obvious one. Yeah, the less obvious one you got a first year defensive coordinator coming in with all these expectations. You just mentioned the 70 sacks number two, overall number one in passing defense. And that wasn't good enough because they didn't like the defensive coordinator. So he's got those expectations. And now all of a sudden you got, you know, Mr. Defense sitting on his shoulder with the Belichick tint or whatever that's worth. But people know him. People understand his reputation. Why is he here? And they created a spot. This spot didn't exist on this coaching staff. Senior defensive assistant. Now yep. they also have Marcus Brady as the senior offensive assistant. Did they did they replace Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen with two people on each side of the football?
7: I don't think so. Can we include chewing the pencil is one of the things that's particularly annoying yeah. about the guy, yeah. right? Yeah. We get that sure. one in there, putting the pencil behind the ear. Yeah. Um, I hope not. And I don't think so um, because I think just from the brief track record we have from Nick Sirianni, he likes and trusts young coaches. I'm, I'm guessing. And again, John, because this stuff wasn't asked, I don't really know. But I'm guessing it's more of an advisor to the coach kind of role. Um, I know Nick Fangio was only in here for a short time last year, but maybe it's a longer term version of that. Just kind of your, you know, listen. The 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 mob has like the the regular advisors, and then they have the consigliere, who's kind of separate and just reports to the uh, the Don. Maybe he's like in that consigliere
3: role could be, and I will make a prediction here. It will affect John more than you and I because he's down there every day, Glenn. Matt Patricia, not going to be made available very often, if at all, this year.
1: They will keep
3: him well under wraps. You're going to have to get your answer from Sirianni and then decide whether you want to buy it or not. But you're not going to be able to get it straight from the horse's mouth. You're right. He's a conciliary that will be kept in the background this season. Mark. Mark Yeah.
7: And and may I say that those rare times, if and when he is made available, John, as you know, uh, having worked for Belichick,
3: he's going to give you nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a sneer. Well, except he was <laughs> maybe a pencil to compare Darius Slade to some of the best cornerbacks in the NFL that got mm-hmm. him in trouble the last time he was there. But then he was the head coach. Now he's just a councilary. So yeah, he'll probably refer uh, back to his Belichick days. All right, G-Mac, I got a uh, important question for you. Did you get your uh, NFC Championship ring? Uh, no, no, that no. Uh, we know Howard got a Super Bowl now, How- ring. You know Howard. he got Howard. a championship ring, no. and as the host of the Eagles pregame show, you should have one of those, yeah. too. You
7: should uh, have a
4: Super Bowl ring. By the way, why didn't they give you a Super a, Bowl ring? Hey,
3: I, I do
7: not, nor would I ask for one. Um, I think the freshest, the most refreshing approach to this thing is by uh, Mike Quick, because Mike Quick, of course, is a member of the broadcast team, also was given one. And when I do public appearances with Mike, I say, Mike, I I never see you wear your ring. And Mike says, I didn't earn a ring when I played. I don't deserve to wear a ring. The only people who deserve to wear the ring are the guys who played and the guys who coached. And so if Mike Quick doesn't think he's worthy of a ring, hey, this is my wedding ring. I wear it proudly. That's all I got. Good for yeah.
4: you. Yeah. I agree. I agree with Mike. I'm I'm glad he thinks that way. But they yeah, gave I me mean,
7: the tra- If you're the trainer, if you're, you know, somebody yeah. else who's, you know. the, well, the coaches. Yeah, the yeah. trainers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, guys.
4: Ricky's got one. Our, our buddy Ricky Ricardo, he's got one. Um, you know, Howard's got one. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey Lowry Jeffrey was feeling, he was happy. Yeah, so,
7: um, you know, I... I I I get to see Merrill a lot and so on. And and Merrill Merrill doesn't wear his on a day to day basis. But if Merrill is going to something where he's, you know, kind of showing off a charity event, uh, Merrill will bring it and let people see it and so on. And that's that's kind of sharing it, which I think is a little bit different.
4: Yeah, he's probably got the top down, too. He's driving up with the top down with the ring out. Uh, He's living large. Yeah, Yeah. Meryl deserves to live large. He yep. should be. He might tip over with that ring, though. That's a big <laughs> ring.
3: <laughs> he does, his, does lifts. Mack, <laughs> let me uh, run this one by uh, something we've been kicking around for a couple weeks here on the show. And it uh, got raised to another level by the head coach, as a matter of fact. Thought during this offseason, a more highly quality third receiver would be something Eagles would be looking at if Alameday uh, Zacchaeus is it, he's a different type of receiver. He's more of a slot guy. Mm-hmm. Quez is your third guy, plays in the swat, slot, but also can move outside. I don't know that they're going to do that with Olamide. Um, Didn't draft anybody at the wide receiver position. A couple undrafted free agents. I thought they'd be more of a move to upgrade that position during the offseason, which makes me sound like a Quez Watkins hater which I'm not really, but I'm not a huge Quez Watkins fan either. Is Quez just going to shut everybody up like Sirianni suggested the last time he talked to the media? Oh, Quez, he's hearing people say he stinks. You watch. Quez Watkins is going to be. I'm having a tough time believing it. Do you think Quez is the man? Do you think they'll look for another individual? Do you think Olamide Zacchaeus is the guy to step up and, and make Quez less of a factor how do you think the next wide receiver will just say next wide receiver down the depth chart after Smith and Brown play out this year? Look,
7: I, I'm still not over the Super Bowl with that guy. I'm I'm still thinking about it was the Cowboys game where he didn't fight for those 50-50 balls, right? I'm that that I'm still bugged by that thing. Um, the
3: the Commander loss at home where he got stripped after he yeah, made the big catch yeah. downfield.
7: Yes. Field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think Nick Sirianni and then Jalen Hurts, both talking him up are done with motive to both give him confidence and also kind of try to silence the critics. Um, I'm, I am not a big Quez fan. I would best was two years ago. I th- he had a pretty good year. I think he had 43 catches and he had, you know, average 15 yards a catch Had some TDs. Uh, I don't think he's coming back to those numbers at all in part because they have two really good uh, wide receivers to start. I maybe, although I can't, I couldn't spell his name. If you gave me 20 tries, I still think Zacchaeus is going to be pretty good. And I think he's going to get more action uh, than Quez got last year. I feel sorry for John McMullen, who actually has to type stories and is going to go to. I
4: already got it. Uh, You got that last name too. Uh, Zacchaeus, Elamide Zacchaeus, yes, St. Joe's Prep, the whole thing. Yeah, I would say, on. you yeah, know, a
7: little, little spelling bee here. Go for it.
4: Anytime. Uh, it's not that bad. O-L-A-M-I-D-E-Z-A-C-C-H-E-A-U-S. Alameda Zacchaeus. Ding, ding. Well done. Yeah. yeah. There you uh, go. Hala, puli, bati Bhaita. Anytime I get to say <laughs> bati Bhaita, I, I get very excited. Yeah, uh, so I just throw that in there. Yeah. Um. Now, Glenn, Jody tells me you're on vacation. So first, thanks for joining us while you're on vacation. So I don't know if you saw, but there was a little video going around. John Gruden uh, sort of coaching up some players, um, you know, trying to revamp his own reputation. Um, One of those players was Carson Wentz.
7: Yeah.
4: Carson Wentz is out there working out with John Gruden.
7: Yeah.
4: Um. I, hey, you know what? I think one of Carson's problems when he was here is he sort of leapt to his own devices. He didn't do that kind of stuff in the offseason that certain players do. I think it's a positive. He's out there working with other players. I, I'm, I'm curious because you've been around this town for so long and around the NFL. He was so good in 2017. Sure. And, man... I've never seen anything like it. I try to say somebody at that apex and it wasn't, you know, we bring up RG three who had the great rookie year that was directly related to injuries. Carson had a lot of injuries. He was never the same after the torn ACL, but he played really well. It's just not at the same level as he did in 2017. And then it was just off a cliff. And the, pandemic he never the same,
7: year. He, if I'm sorry to interrupt you. He was never the same from the moment they drive to Jalen Hurts. That was the turning yeah. point.
4: Yeah. I mean, that was it
7: I, yeah. you know with him it's it's there certainly was some physical in it but it was a lot of it was mental and yeah i saw all that and i saw the tweet that said carson wentz uh you know doing workout uh waiting looking and waiting for the for the the yeah,
4: that's Adam there's a yeah, price to I mean, pay me a break. to be an information broker glenn yeah there's a price to pay. For the,
7: right, the right opportunity is is anybody going to hire him i don't think carson wentz is going to have eight or ten offers but he Listen, there is that much talent that somebody is going to think, hey, I can get him back on track. The biggest issue with Wentz to me um, over the last couple of years, in addition to alienating his teammates, and Gail was getting into a fight before the Super Bowl and all that baggage that we know about, was just his judgment got so, so bad. Um, I will never forget him when he played for the Colts in the end zone, switching the ball from his right hand to his left hand to throw an interception, a pick six Um, and just a whole, a whole run of those mistakes that showed to me kind of a desperation, right? The baseball equivalent of the guy who wants to get up and hit a six run home run. Um, I do not, I think it is impossible that Wentz can have, I was going to say, a second act, a third act, a fourth act, whatever act this could be, and come back and be a decent quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think Gruden's probably the right guy. If I were if I were advising Carson Wentz, Gruden would be a guy I think I'd want to try to unlock it. Because Gruden can be tough, right? We've seen Gruden in those yeah, kid, quarterback okay. camps where yeah. he'll just strip a guy down. Hello, Chris Sims. Um if I were betting, I'd bet against it. But I, I, I don't think it's impossible. I don't know where. I'm. I don't know what franchise right now has the right. It would situation have to be now. an
4: injury, right? You know, yeah. desperation. Back in the, you know, where Carson took over here, it was. And, and, um, and
7: hey, we've seen those situations, yeah. right?
4: Yeah. Sam Bradford traded Minnesota yeah. because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt.
7: Kurt Warner won a Super Bowl in those yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it throughout history. It is not impossible that week three, Carson Wentz ends up in some distant borough playing for somebody. And, you know, I'm not malicious enough. I I, I think I would wish him well. All right, G-Mac, well, well.
3: you you know uh, I enjoy when I'm on Sundays with you on WIP, one of the features that you've been doing for a long time, which is what we're watching. I almost feel guilty when I don't have something new to bring to <laughs> the when I'm on, on Sundays. Yeah. But we've got something coming up in July. I don't know if you've seen previews for this or whatever, but in July yeah. at some point I know you and I are going to talk about it. Netflix has a docuseries coming up called QBs 2022, where they look back at the season that three quarterbacks in the NFL had last year. An Eagles
4: quarterback, too. Right. Mm -hmm.
3: One being Patrick Mahomes, one being Kirk Cousins, and one being Marcus Mariota. So they're kind of spreading it out. The high of the high, the high but limited, the uh uh-oh, what the hell happened here. So I actually like the three guys that they picked. Yeah. If you're an Eagles fan, and I know this is uh, kind of hypothetical, and you either have to watch them all or you have to watch none. Would you rather see Patrick Mahomes and how the season <laughs> finished for him? The Kirk Cousins comes into Philadelphia uh, and proves he can't win at night. And yeah, Justin love that. Jefferson does nothing against that eagle defense. And the whole Marcus Mariota elsewhere, that's how he becomes an eagle by being pushed out of Atlanta. If you got to make a call, yay or nay, and you got to watch it all, are you in or are you out? Oh, gotta watch it all,
7: and yes, it will hurt when I see the the red and yellow uh, confetti coming down at the end of the Super Bowl instead of the blue and the white confetti, and Andy Reid winning it. And, and uh, nothing against Andy Reid, but no thanks, uh, and all of that, and then what the hell happened to the defense in the second half? And I can curse Jonathan Gannon one more time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one will hurt. Um, The Cousins one will be get me my popcorn because this will be a fun night. And the Mariota one, I really do want to watch because that thing turned bad. And my sense is it was as much play or more than it was his play. It was team dynamics and what was going on. And and I want to know, like, how did that all go sour? Because how does that forebode, not forebode, how how does that,
2: Made uh, for the
7: Eagles moving forward, right? I mean, what 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 is this guy about? So I'm definitely I'm all in for that. Also in for the Wilt docu series in July. Also, there's gonna be a lot of good doc sports documentaries yeah. this summer. Yeah,
4: the trailer looked great for the uh, uh, the quarterback one. Yeah, um, maybe we'll get to see some Alameda Zacchaeus down in Atlanta too. That's right. A little some bonus, passes. a bonus coverage. That'll get Jody excited (laughs) at real Glenn Mac. Now on Twitter, make sure you follow Glenn there. Uh, Obviously host on WIP with Jody Mac. Mike Sealski on the weekends does a tremendous job there. Uh, The podcast, what's brewing PA Uh, any good IPAs we need any good new IPAs coming out from from you guys, Glenn. well,
7: the one I would tell you, and it's it's a, a golden ale, but uh, I'm definitely trying to uh, build up the market as much as I can because it's for a great cause. We uh, released the, and Jody was at the party, which I very much appreciate. Last week, the Fransky and L.A. We at the Bank Golden Ale to benefit the Philadelphia Youth Sports Consortium. Uh, we had a great charity event last week. We raised twenty five thousand dollars. Including a nice guy, uh, Pat McLaughlin, who paid some bucks to uh drink beers and eat burgers with Jody and I, which we'll set up soon.
4: Nice, nice.
3: very much, very much looking uh, forward to that. All right, last thing for me, Mac, and it may have an effect on the Eagles, it may have no effect on the Eagles whatsoever. The NFL owners have been told, Be prepared, we may actually have a vote this week to end the reign of terror for uh, some. Uh, Dan Snyder as the owner of the Commanders. I don't know about you, but I was always okay with Snyder owning the Commanders because <laughs> I think he was bad at it. Yes. And I think it, although yeah, the Eagles lost last year to Washington at home, the only game that Jalen Hurts lost all year long as a starting quarterback. So I got to at least eat that one. But the the, the Eagles have been uh, the the better of the uh, two in that series between the two. Should Dan Snyder be missed by Eagles fans? Yes. Yeah,
7: his ineptitude was worth, well, if not two wins a year, pretty much. I don't know what the record is over the last 10 years. But, I mean, they've been through, I think, seven coaches and 15 quarterbacks and 29 offensive coordinators and, uh, and empty stadiums. And it was great for the Eagles. So, in that sense, I will miss him. I also really dislike it because I hate the whole notion that the guy who owns the Sixers yeah. who also owns the Devils yeah. is now going to own Washington. It's like what the hell? You know, yeah. the DC of market,
4: Philly market, New York market, essentially um, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't weird. like that
7: at all. I, yeah. I, I, listen, I understand Jeff Lurie is from Boston and I understand it is not unusual for your sports owner to be from somewhere else. But if you're here, be committed, be one of us or don't. And I think uh, Harris is, you know, again, just in it to to raise the money of these assets. Don't like it. Yeah, I wish I had
3: Josh Harris's money. Damn, he must have a lot. To, he he could pull to give him a call.
4: He'll Josh Harris it. reminds me of Red McCombs. You guys remember Red McCombs? He used to he used to buy sports teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Birds and Vikings, values. right? Flip them. Yeah. Yeah. Um bunch of teams. Nugget, he owned basketball. He he would always he would flip uh sports teams make a lot yeah, of money but is, these are
7: our rivals right i mean yeah. I, I think if he owned it would bother me less it would bother me but it would bother me less if he owned the st louis blues or the lh chargers yeah. or whatever but this is in the damn division these teams
3: yeah. yeah yeah but see when he has to go there he's actually got to get in a plane now all he has to do is helicopter a helicopter down from new york so
7: we're going to see him in the owner's box at washington games
4: uh maybe with the new stadium they don't, I don't think they have an owner's box and, at Beta yeah, X. Well.
3: Okay. Oh, they but have an owner's he, box. It's way up in the corner, right near the press, when you're down there doing yeah. the Commanders <laughs> games, does a matter That's, of, that's right. My favorite thing is when Merrill Merrill is on. Oh, the games oh, oh games. He, he loves pitching you know about he that. that
7: state. I love oh, that. Wow. So he loves that.
3: Yeah. G-Mac, we love whenever you come out with us. Thank you much for doing so. I will be uh, catching up with you on the air on WIP soon enough, my brother. Thanks for jumping in today. Always a pleasure, guys. Anytime. Be well. That Thanks, is fun, uh, Mac. Now, uh, host of the Eagles pregame show uh, on uh, ninety-four WIP, yeah. the Eagles radio network. And yeah, by the way, uh, re-
4: remember FedEx Field? Remember Jalen collapsing? Uh, the railing collapsing right? Oh yeah, Jalen hurts. Oh shoot, yeah, that could have gone.
3: That could have gone real oh, bad. Yeah. That was this close to going real bad.
4: He he, no sold it too. That was amazing. That shows you how calm and collected the guy was. Uh, just picked the people up and. Kept going on his way.
3: I went down to FedEx Field as a fan. Buddy of mine invited me to go down. He had tickets. Uh, buddy of mine from Delaware, uh, so uh, owned a bar and uh, part of his buying beer from the beer company, whatever. Gave him two tickets to a Redskin game because he was a yes, they were the Redskins at that time. Redskin fan, and he said, "Come on, drive down and let we go to the game." And because they were freebies, they were not the greatest seats in the world. The incline in that stadium. Walking up the stairs on the top level, I seriously had to, like, sit down and take a rest. It was serious work to get up as high as we were sitting. And I was dead tired. I said, guess what? Start. You're going to get the beers. I'm not going anywhere. These stairs are ridiculous. I'm not going back down and coming back up with beer in my hand. Oh, man, that
4: that place isn't... And
3: this is 15 years ago. This wasn't last year that the old man McDonald couldn't get up and down the stairs. No. This was McDonald in his 40s. Couldn't get up and down the stairs.
4: That place is such a dump for an NFL. They had a sewage pipe leaking on fans. Uh, it, it it is awful. It is awful.
3: They um, do need a new stadium, and let's uh, see if Paris can get it done. Uh, but that that is just a... oh, he'll get
4: it done. Uh, they'll they'll. I mean, they'll be giving them. That's one of the reasons he bought that team because everybody's going to line up because they're so happy Snyder's gone. He's going to get great deals, whether it's in Northern Virginia um, or they put it in D.C. Um, he's going to get a great deal and he's going to get a new stadium. And he's going to make a lot of money. I'm not a big Josh Harris fan as an owner, but I'm a big Josh Harris fan as a businessman. <laughs> and uh, I
3: I know where people are coming from because, you know, I grew up uh, in New York. My father worked for the New York, Mets, so I went to Chase stadium Umteen hundreds borderline thousands of time in my youth. So that was the stadium that I grew up in. And toward the tail end of it, it had become a dump. It was as the the, the stadium yeah. in Washington is yeah. now a dump. But I always used to defend it and say, yeah, but it's my dump. Because I watched the Mets win two World Series there. The commanders, is that stadium their dump? If I'm oh no they hate
4: it the, the bands hate it the, yes. the, i mean it, the Eagles fans take over that place every year I every mean, year part part of the reason why commanders aren't very good now but yeah they, they, they haven't been terrible they've been competitive no they hate it they hate it uh, they hate the stadium they they hate the owners so that's part of right. it but as they well. didn't
3: win a championship in that building
4: um, that was
3: that was no, rfk, still was RFK the Yeah,
4: they won the super Bowl, which was also a dump by the way rfk i, <laughs> I was brother, with
3: rfk man. with my buddy same guy he's a redskin fan so we yeah. go down i enjoyed that and that was uh, when we, when we went to uh the fedex it was new and you could already yeah. see it had issues we yeah. went to rfk that was old yeah it was uh, but that was cool that was the feeling of a stadium that was an nfl well stadium. yeah
4: I mean there's that part of it if you go back to JFK stadium here I mean that was a dump too but you had a feel of a uh, of a real stadium Yeah, it uh, did. RFK did down there but it was a dump at the end RFK you I
3: could mean, feel you could feel the stadium shake underneath you under your feet we had good seats in that one That we was had, probably part ready. of
4: the problem they were afraid it would collapse Exactly
3: <laughs> but that it, 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 when you make it out and you're out in the uh, uncovered You're, uh, wow, that was cool. That was fun. But if the stadium comes falling down on your head, like it did on Jalen Hurts over at the new stadium, yeah, that's a little worrisome. He's McMullen. on McDonald. Coming back, we need to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
6: G-L-E-S Eagles
3: A couple of minutes left here on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming in with us uh, each and every single day. Uh, Mac and Mac will be back mañana. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. While you're here, you might as well hit the like button. Uh, feel free to like, share, and subscribe so we can get a little algorithm love. Uh, Johnny Mac, Tomorrow we're gonna have uh oh Bob Groats.
4: We yeah. got the
3: the the Prince of Darkness tomorrow.
4: There we go, man. It's always fun to have Bob Groats.
3: Uh you know what? I love Mac now we had two good guys. Stoneless is great, I had two great uh eagle guys, Philadelphia guys. I like some of our national guys. I get a bigger kick out of Groats today, but <laughs> I just love Groats and his uh, laissez-faire attitude. He's the best. Uh, so we got Groats coming tomorrow. we got somebody else in here. All right. Uh, anybody going to make any noise for us? Anybody going to make any news? we got 22 hours to wait before you and I do it again. Come on, Johnny Mac. Tell me something's going to happen with uh. the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: That this time of year, you don't want anything to happen, if you know what I mean. So, exactly. Uh, no news is good news this time of year.
3: No news is good news. We'll find out if there's any news around the camps. Uh, all right, brother. Always a pleasure. Good show today. I say we do this again tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. We will be back in 22 hours. That's two and two here on Birds 365.
0: Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.